Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is the big show in the morning with Russick and Rose. Russick, bit on the weather. Hopefully we'll see him tomorrow. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. What basement? We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Almost hit the post there. I was trying. Almost. Next time. To break down the NFL week that was tee up the Monday Nighter, go down the guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar and uh, talk to our friend Charles Davis. Good morning, Charles. How's your Monday going so far? It's going great. Good morning to both of you. Hope morning, you're Charles. well and happy and all that other fun stuff. And yeah, listen, you guys always hit the post. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was close enough. Like, we'll count it. Um, how are you, man? You were uh, catching the Vikings and the Jets game. This Vikings yeah. team continues to win, although they don't necessarily make it easy on themselves. Hey? <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And I think they, in a lot of ways, they're fortunate in this way. It's not college football. There's no there's no voting and polls involved. Because you know you always end up getting these style points. Do they look the part? You know, did they beat someone by fifty? You know, those things always are a factor and influence. In the NFL, the factor and influence is mainly did you win or did you lose, right? Occasionally, mm-hmm. some things come down to tiebreakers, but most of the tiebreakers involved who did you beat and who did you lose to. So it's not a matter of how many points are you plus in the plus category, although let's be honest about it. Going into our game this weekend, the Vikings 9-2. and two. As soon as you see 9-2, and two, you get impressed. Yeah. Then you find out their point differential for the year. Going into the Jets game was plus 5. Mm-hmm. So now, what is it, plus 10? You know, it's just <laughs> you don't sit there and say to yourself, this is a dominant team. Well, they've won nine games now that are one-score game, games that they played in. So they're 9-0 and in those games. The two losses, they, they got jumped on pretty hard in both of them. So it's just a very strange deal, but they're the type of team, having watched them in person now, that you better not discount because they're going to be around. It's going to be a four-quarter game, and somehow they have a knack of making plays when they absolutely have to, even if the statistics tell you there's no way their record should be this good. How fun was it to just watch Justin Jefferson go out there and run roots, even though it wasn't the most productive day for him, yeah. but he's one of the most electric players in the league. He is. He's one of those guys where your eyes naturally gravitate there because we also had the matchup of him, the rookie out at rookie corner out of Notre, of, uh, out of Cincinnati who's playing for the Jets, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, and then the overlooked corner on the other side, DJ Reed, who's having a year that – I think that that rivals anyone else who's playing corner in the league. Like, if you're talking about the best corners and you don't mention DJ Reed, that's just shame on us. And that's going to happen because, you know, he doesn't have the name. He hasn't put together multiple seasons. You know, there's an expression around the league about the Pro Bowl. And I know the Pro Bowl has changed, and, and, and thank goodness for that, right? But to be elected to the Pro Bowl is still going to be a prestigious thing, meaning You've been told you're one of the best in the league at your position by your peers, essentially. But the adage is you make your first Pro Bowl a year after you should have made it because you hadn't built up your reputation and finally people lock in and in a year after you should have been in the first time, that's when you make it. And you actually go to your last Pro Bowl 
a year longer than you should have <laughs> because you've built up your reputation and guys keep voting for you, even if now someone else has passed you by. But it might take a little while to get the memo. And I think that DJ Reed's kind of caught in that spot right now. He hasn't built it up to where people go, yeah, DJ Reed. But they really should be. So that's why the intrigue really kicked up yesterday. Wherever Justin Jefferson went, there was going to be a really good defender in his area. How would he match up with them? How would they match up with him? How would both teams play it? And I thought it was a very fun you know, exercise of, of, of both sides saying, okay, here's our best. How do we guard him? Here's our best. How do we get him free? And it was fun to watch every snap just to see how it might turn out. We'll stay in that uh, within our uh, U.S. Bank there with the Jets and Vikings. What did you make of Mike White, his second game of the year? I mean, they didn't get anything done. They had to settle for field goals, but, uh, you know, better fate. Maybe the Jets uh, get a win in that one. But what did you make of, the, of Mike White in his second game of the year? Yeah, I just think he solidified why they named him the starter. Um, things were rough out there yesterday in terms of, you know, precision and timing. Like, everything they got done against Chicago, it felt like they were going against, you know, it, this is going to be horrible because it's about the NFL, but, you know, when they're going against a junior varsity team. Mm-hmm. Yesterday it was a varsity team. And, and, and that's not to be a total slam, but Chicago has stripped itself away of their better players. You know, those guys have been, Roquan Smith's been traded, this guy's hurt. You know, they just don't have what they need and don't have their normal. They're going to play hard. They're going to give you their best look. But they aren't – look, the Vikings' numbers aren't very good in terms of defense. Mm -hmm. A much better defensive team, guys. I don't care what the numbers tell you, okay? It's just just a a talent level, a proficiency level. It's there and it's different, and you can see it when you watch them on tape or watch them in person. But the precision and the timing of the operation that was so easy and so so wonderful to achieve in Chicago, Minnesota messed that up big time. You know, they didn't let them run the ball yep. well inside for the longest time. They got into the pocket and disrupted Mike White. And by the way, wait, Mike White, not a scrambler. Nope. Everyone knows it, but it was really in evidence yesterday because when he's on the move and on the run, his accuracy really drops. Uh, a couple of big quarterback injuries from yesterday. We'll start in Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson goes out to a knee injury early on in the first quarter, but because they're playing the Broncos, they actually still have a chance, yeah. and Tyler Huntley <laughs> served admirably just like as he did last year. Uh, how do you think yeah. the Ravens will be uh, if they have to be without Lamar here for, uh, I know John Harbaugh said, could be days, could yeah. be weeks. Yeah, not, not as good. I mean, let's just state the obvious. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Huntley, as you pointed out, did fill in admirably, as he did last yep. year. But you remember last year when he filled in admirably, they were 6-2 and two when Lamar no. Jackson got hurt. They didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he may have filled in admirably, but they weren't winning games. So that's not all on Tyler Huntley, but it's still it suggests, hey, things are going to drop, things are going to change. He does a lot of things well, but none of them as well as Lamar Jackson, period game, set, match. That's just how it works. But he's a proficient backup. In a normal year in Baltimore, when they had their full complement of running backs, I would be less worried. Yeah. Because guess what? They could lean on that part of their offense, and those guys could do things, and then Tyler Huntley would be able to throw the ball better because they could occupy with the run game. But they've been so beat up at that position, and do they really have that stable they're used to having? The answer is no. You'll get an occasional Kenyon Drake will pop up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, J.K. Dobbins is hurt. Gus Edwards has just come back. He's not in form yet, right? What about Justice Hill? It's not the same. Mm-hmm. So that part scares me for them. When I say scared, you know what I'm talking about. Just, yeah. you know, That's what's going to challenge them. 
But because they're the Ravens, they're always going to be in games. They fight, scratch, claw. Defense is still playing fairly well. Heck, they won that one 10-9 yesterday. Mm -hmm. Okay, So it may not be pretty, but they will find ways, and they have found ways to win the close games since since the start of the season. You guys remember those close ones they were dropping? They're not dropping them anymore, but now they'll be tested a little bit more down the stretch. The good thing for them, you know, in division, you know, they got to finish a little bit in division. It's not the toughest division in the world anymore in terms of that, save Cincinnati. You know, if they still have Pittsburgh left, and I can't remember their schedule. If they still have Pittsburgh left, and I know they have one because the last game. Yeah, they got Pittsburgh this week. You know, so so these games, these are games they can still win even without Lamar Jackson. In a normal year, I don't know that I would say that. The other uh, big quarterback injury from yesterday, and this one, uh, this one proved to be maybe fatal for the rest of the year yeah. for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Niners defense dominant over two in the Finns, but they do lose Jimmy G to a foot injury, has to go for yeah. surgery. His season looks done. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, steps in, looked pretty good. Uh, but this Niners defense, they're the billing here. They still win 33-17. Can Brock Purdy be the guy to get to where the Niners want to go? Well, when you're drafted the last draft pick in the entire yep. draft and you're Mr. Irrelevant, the answer is supposed to be no. <laughs> Absolutely supposed to be no. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm going to stick with no, and here's why. You mentioned the defense. They are dominant. And I think they're going to get Eric Armstead back in the next few weeks. And if so, they, they really are dominant, right? It takes them to another level offensively, because they've accumulated Christian McCaffrey, if you get Debo Samuel back healthy, Brandon Ayuk's playing really well, George Kittle's playing well, and by the way, a tight end is a, a young quarterback, inexperienced quarterback's best friend oh, yeah. because those are the best throws you can make, sight lines, right in, your, right in your wheelhouse, the whole deal, shorter throws, yada, yada, yada. They've got all of that going. Offensive line, I think um, the Trent Williams, you know, he got dinged a little bit into last week, but I do believe he played on Sunday. You know, all of that goes together, and I think that Kyle Shanahan can fashion more than enough offense and protect his young quarterback. So I don't count them. I don't go, this is the ultimate disaster. It might turn out playoff time is when you're really, really concerned because then you have to have your quarterbacks play well. It's almost impossible to go far in the playoffs if your quarterbacks are are, are simply average. I said yesterday – the Jets are in good shape with Mike White because they can play through him, which you have to do mm-hmm. in this league. You can't play around your quarterback anymore. Mm. You can't hide him for very long, maybe a game or so. But in order to have success, your quarterback has to be an integral part of your offense. In fact, your quarterback has to lead it, be able to make throws. Mike White can do that. So the Jets are going to be okay that way. Brock Purdy will have to show that he will be able to continue to do that. A one-game, half-game sample isn't everything you're looking for. But I do have much more confidence there because of the pieces around him, plus a dominant defense. Charles Davis, CBS Sports NFL analyst, joining us here on the big show uh, in the morning, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And Charles, just kind of an offshoot of that, as we see a lot more quarterbacks come into the league who are – kind of guys that can be mobile. You think of Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance, who was hurt in San Francisco before Jimmy G. Are teams that have these style of quarterbacks paying enough attention to their backup positions? Because if you're one of those styles of QBs that are always moving around, there's a chance that you get hurt, and that chance is higher than maybe a a quarterback who kind of just sits in the pocket, moves the ball out real quick every throw. So do you think that teams are paying enough attention to their backup positions? Um, Like San Fran did a good job. They had Jimmy G. 
Now, Baltimore, we're, we're unsure. How do you feel about that? That's a really good question, and I think it, it, we'd have to do case by case. But think of it this way. I'm making mm. a generalization because we can't, we're not going to go through all 32 teams, right? <laughs> the generalization that I'd make on it is your point is well taken. Are you well situated behind him, especially if you're a team with big-time hopes? Like, if your team is just rebuilding, I don't worry about that as much because that's not a concern. You're not going to playoffs anyway, right? You have no real expectations. So if it goes south on you on offense, eh. Mm. But if your team with hopes, like San Francisco, that move they made to get Jimmy Garoppolo back into the fold turns out to be sheer genius now, right? Because now they're in a position to go to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You go ahead and look at Baltimore. Tyler Huntley is a similarly constructed player to Lamar Jackson. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson, right? He can't be. But their offense doesn't change in style with Tyler Huntley on the field. Does that make sense? So yeah. that's, that's, to me, that's a smart move, someone who can run their offense the same way, give them the same stuff that you don't have to have a drastic change in your playbook, all of that, that kicks in. That's why I look at it. The second part of it all is sometimes teams, because of their stars and other things, are so salary cap strapped that occasionally they get caught short at that position. You can't put the money into it that you're going to need. Look, Nick Foles has become the patron saint of backup quarterbacks in recent years. No one knew Nick Foles was the patron saint of backup quarterbacks <laughs> until he actually had to play. But he did have starters experience, right? He'd been in the league a little while. So there's a little bit of a formula you're looking for and hoping that you can fit. But if you're a team with big hopes, I think that your point is well taken. Are you situated well at the backup quarterback position? Because my thing, my thing with them is, do I have a backup quarterback that I can thrive with? Meaning, I still have my playoff hopes if I lose my starter and I'm expect to get that get him back, or do I have a backup quarterback that's like, okay, so next year when we look at the draft, I mean that's what you have. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to make it that simple, but I think there's a lot of that around the league. I mean, and let's be honest about it. I've got Denver this week. Russell Wilson for all his years in Seattle. How many of his backups could you actually name? See, if he, if he was so durable up there and played so well mm. that we never had to confront it. And then you look up, and now the backup has to play. Mm. His last year there, it turned out to be Geno Smith. It, it, and Geno is almost a precursor that Geno came back and played well. But prior to that, like an Austin Davis was his backup for a few years there. If he goes, if he goes down, you're not thriving. Yeah, and for them, they got fortunate because he was so durable. It, it's it's an interesting kind of case study to go team by team for sure. Uh, I did want to ask you something else as well about the QB sneaks. It's been a highly debated yeah. topic. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the Sunday night broadcast uh, getting home last night, and. Uh, I did hear they gave you a little bit of a shout out there as well because you were talking about it on your yeah. broadcast. I, you know, I heard about that. I was traveling home yesterday from my game, and all of a sudden I got these texts like, "How much did you pay Tarico to mention your name?" So, I, so and, how much I was it? Divulge, I, I will never divulge that sum, and trust me on this: there's no paper trail. Okay, smart man, smart man. What are the nuances to the QB sneak? Because you know, you go back to that Minnesota Buffalo game a few weeks ago with the chaos on the one yard line. There's been other instances yeah. since, but that one really kind of started this snowball where everyone's talking about the QB sneak. What are the nuances? It looks so simple, but it's really not. It does. It does look simple, and let's break it down in its simplest form. Quarterback sneak. What you want to do is take the snap. 
drop your drop, you know, bend your knees and drop down so that you're getting a push. And then so there's as soon as you're hit, you're not snapped up right and you have no momentum. So you want to have some forward lean and, and be able to get in behind your center, your guards, and just move forward. Now, sometimes with these sneaks, you'll see them all masked in the middle. We saw that yesterday with Mike White on the scoring one where he ended up starting up the middle and then slid to his left to where there was left, less traffic and then went in. What we're talking about now, the biggest nuance with the sneak, is the, everyone understanding the rule. The rule is you can aid a runner by pushing him, but you can't pull him. So, like, in other words, I can't get out in front, grab my runner, and pull him with me. And you know how you have your back going and your backpedaling mm-hmm. and pulling him along? Yeah. That's, that's illegal. But what is legal is I can get behind him and then push him, propel him forward, either block him in the back or take my two hands and grab his jersey and propel him that way, which I do think that we're going to have to take a look at that. It seems like a really – it's become such a, 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 a play now. It's almost taken us back to the beginnings of football when we used to run the darn flying wedge and stick a person in the middle of like seven bodies and all they did was run headlong at each other like two rams in a field. That was not safe. That was not smart. I don't know that this is unsafe. That's not my point. But it feels weird to me that it's okay to go ahead and put three bodies behind your quarterback – and the ball snaps, he moves forward, and you move in behind him and essentially block him forward into a first down. I just wonder if we're going, if that's sustainable for us watching and feeling like that's a cool deal. Because that's the nuance I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a quarterback sneak anymore without someone behind them unless the rules change. Okay, whether it's a fullback, sometimes take a big lineman and put him in motion, and he comes behind the quarterback. Some teams take two receivers, and they come in behind the quarterback, and everyone propels him forward. And it just doesn't – I'll be honest. For me, it just doesn't feel right. I watch it, and it doesn't pass the eye test for me either because you're telling me you can't pull him, but I, darn, I can just run into him like a, like, a, like a big old boulder and knock him forward. I don't know. I don't like it. Where, where are you on – trying to get just one more yard on offense and handing it off to a running back who starts six, seven yards back or even doing like a shotgun draw or something like that. Like, are you in the mind? That I would th- rather, all I'm saying for me is, is the rule aspect. Sure. Of it. Like the sneak, the sneak I'm, I'm fine with. If I have a quarterback and sneak and pick it up, I never worry about that. I'd rather do that because it's less ball handling yeah. and it's less taking the ball from the line of scrimmage. I hand it to someone six deep. I'm giving up a chance for penetration and guy makes a play in the backfield. I like the sneak and I like when they are smart about it and look and all of a sudden I've stacked three, 320 pounders right over my center and nose. (laughs) I have my center and guards and I just slide a little bit to where there's a little bit less traffic and find a crease and fall forward. I like that part. My thing is just simply, I don't know that I'm crazy about looking in the backfield ball snapped. And then here comes, you know, two of my teammates right into my back. And, I t- and that takes me forward. It just seems weird to me. Maybe maybe I'm just an old fogey. I don't know. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, one more from me here, Charles, and we'll end with the Cincinnati. Well, with the rule or me being an old fogey? Well, you being know. an old fogey. Oh, I agree with the rule. The rule's fine. <laughs> yeah, just keep people safe, man. Give me a second there. Almost dropped me for the day right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. I guess we're done here. Uh... No. Well, I guess I better, I better go get yeah. my, my, my easy chair and, and call it a day. Ha, ha, ha.
Oh, Charles. Uh, Get off my lawn. <laughs> Darn kids. That ball, if that ball hits my lawn one more time, I'm keeping it. <laughs> oh, the Bengals, man. Uh, Joe Burrow, they win their third straight game over the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Bengals the team to beat in the AFC? And should Joe Burrow be getting MVP conversation here? Yes and yes. Yes and yes. They're, they're peaking at the right time. Absolutely. And all their elements are coming together. And remember, they're doing about Joe Mixon, yep. who was their Pro Bowl runner last year. He's had the concussion. He's missed, what, two, three straight games? And no one is really talking about that. All they're talking about is Samaj P. Ryan and how well he's playing. Mm-hmm. who's been a career backup for the most part, um, came out of college as a big-time runner. So it might still hold the NCAA record for most yards again. I think it's like 427 as a runner. Um, all those things, and he has played so well for them. And the Bengals have actually added the running game back into their offense on a consistent basis. They struggled all year running the ball with Mixon. I'm not sure what's changed, what's happened. I think part of it is just that offensive line is finally solidified after adding all those extra guys in this year. Those are free agents and a draft choice, and it's finally come together. Worst time possible for Mixon because he wanted to come together while he was still the lead guy. We'll see how it goes from here. But if they can get Mixon back and, and add him back into it and, and he can run behind the line like P. Ryan has been, look out. Burrow, I don't know how to describe it other than when you watch him, you realize you're watching something different. Okay, he is in that upper echelon. I said it in my, our game two weeks ago in Tennessee. It's time for us to quit talking about Joe, Joe Burrow as one of the best young quarterbacks in the game and just simply say he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. There's something about this kid. I, I will just tell you, if you meet with him, spend time with him, what have you, he is not a hail fellow, well-met type of a guy. He's not going to sit there and chit-chat with you and, you know, how's Aunt Sue and how's Uncle Bobby doing and all that. He's like, all right, we're here. What's your questions? And some people may see it as brusque, maybe some may see it as abrupt. I just see it as a kid with purpose, and he's he's pleasant with us. He's civil with us. He's not rude. He's not, but he doesn't want to sit there and spend all day with you. He's got other things that are bigger concerns, and those concerns are how am I going to win a game come Sunday? And he finds a way. And the kid is just, I don't care what the situation. And I had one teammate tell me. You can't tell from him whether we're up 40 or down 40. And he said, I mean that legitimately. He said, we say that about quarterbacks all the time. He said, I've been around precious few that that's really true. He said, with this kid, it's unbelievable. And that's just kind of how it goes. And the bigger the, bigger the lights, the better he plays. He absolutely should be in the, the, uh, the MVP conversation because the Bengals right now are peaking. Charles, we've kept you far too long. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, keep those kids off your lawn and watch out for them with their darn rock music. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel like Huey Lewis in Back to the Future. <laughs> You're just too darn loud. <laughs> yeah, and, and so now it's time. Now it's time for my my applesauce and and, and drive back and, and and a quick nap. A quick nap. Quick nap in the lazy boy. Appreciate it today, there Charles. You know. Have a good one, Thanks, man. Be good. Bye bye. We'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, That is Charles Davis, NFL analyst for CBS Sports, and uh, just an absolute beauty. Join us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Come on in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Also, pickup and delivery available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. And I would argue today 
game day specials. Yeah. A little Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, big clash, I would argue. Yes. Maybe not the most... Um, hmm. It's got Brady. It's got Brady. They're they're not the the best teams in the NFL that are battling today nope. as it is the uh it's the Saints and uh, the Buccaneers. The 5 and 6 division leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Exactly. This is the thing. Like that someone from that division gets into the playoffs. Yeah. One of them will. Yeah. That's probably it because that's not a good division. No. But right now if you are Tampa, you'll need to keep winning because Atlanta is like kind of hanging around and that division is is not it's not open and shut, but it feels like I know like Tampa Bay is only like five and six, but it feels like they have like a three game lead in that division just based on who they have and what they have around them, uh, and like the Saints they continue to roll with Andy Dalton, the Falcons sixteen points yesterday looked not the greatest. It's just it's a mess of a division, and I think Tom Brady. I think it's the first time ever he's lost a game last week to the Browns after being up seven in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so it's a bunch Ooh, of... You no play, good. You play long enough, those things are bound to happen, for sure. Uh, so. Look at this division. The Bucks are five and six. Yeah. They have a point differential, differential of minus three. Within their division, they're two and one. They're not... They're better than their record indicates because they haven't got their the brakes beat off them this year. The Falcons are five and eight. The Panthers are four and eight, and the Saints are four and eight. The key thing here, I think, is the Panthers are three and one in their division, which yeah. has kept them hanging around. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned, the Bucks minus three point differential, Falcons minus twenty four, yeah. Panthers and Saints both in the thirties. Yeah, thirty six for Bucks the Panthers. Still play the defense. Thirty one. So yeah, I don't know. Division's still up for grabs. It's really Tampa's to lose. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if one of those other groups got through. Oh. Um, I think a wild, I think a wild card team would be licking their chops right now. That's that the Cowboys, matchup. especially because you get to go play in nice weather. Like you get to go to Atlanta and play inside if they make it through. That'd be pretty sweet. The Cowboys are the current five seeds, so they'd be going to that a, the NFC North, NFC South winner. Hmm. Double digit spread of the playoffs. Wow, impressive. The road. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oof. Huh. Don't love that. Also tonight, it's the Flames and it is the Coyotes. We're very much looking yeah. forward to that. Uh, before we take our first break of this hour, uh, NFL Big Bets. Got to give you our update. How did we do over the weekend? Every week, Patty uh, picks six games on the schedule and then he, myself, and Mr. George Russick all uh, make our picks on the games, spreads, or totals. And uh, we went through last week. It is our NFL Big Bets, and it's brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues and for a limited time, better odds on over, under, and point spread. You can build your ticket over at sportsselect.com. How did we do? Well, uh, he's not here, but George Russick with his first over 500 week. Really? Yes. Joe Pubic right now. <laughs> uh, Joe Pubic with the 4-2 and two record. His only losses, he picked the Dolphins plus 4. Uh, that didn't happen. And he had the Chiefs minus 2.5. Also didn't happen, so George's overall record gets him to 22 and 32. Maddie and you, uh, Maddie and myself, we both went three and three. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not Ma- bad. I don't no. hate three and three. Nope, Maddie, you dropped the the Titans plus five, the Jets plus three, and the Dolphins plus four. My underdogs did not work. I was really hoping because the yeah. Jets had the ball with like a minute and a half. They had two chances to get in. I was like, come on, backdoor there. cover. Let's go. They could have got in there. But, you, uh, looking back on it, two then, field goals would have won them the game. But then again. <laughs> And then I got to sit with Peter Labardius with the teddy bear toss, and he was excited because He's the Vikings happy. has held on. So that exactly. was also nice. He's so happy. I was happy for Lou, but yeah. I was sad because my bet was good. And I, then the Titans sucked. And 
the, the fins, Dolphins yeah. couldn't do anything against but that you're, defense. You're sitting good, 31 and 23. Yeah. on the year, and I go three and three. I had the under in the Philly game. They they hit 45. The total oh, was 44 and a half. I played that on the morning, Ugh. separate of our NFL picks. <laughs> I took 40. I needed it to complete a three leg parlay. <laughs> oh, I uh, was crushed. Also had the under in the uh, Dolphins Niners game. That was 47. I think 33 17 yeah 47 no 50 50 on my bad so it was under 46 and a half there I was off there I also had the Chiefs minus two and a half go three and three sitting at 527 and 27 who day am I the only one who got that game right yeah you're the only one that was on the on the old Bengals what was George's pick on that game he was Chiefs two and a half oh that's too bad you guys oh that's too bad for you Burrow, guys. Three and zero against the Chiefs, just in the calendar year too. Those are our NFL big bets, and they are brought to you by Sports Select. Uh, Call to the text line nine six zero nine six zero. Asked you, uh, what is something that you miss from the nineties? We got a lot of good ones already, but I want to see more, and I want a little bit of a, I want a little bit of a reason. Don't just throw one in there because here's the thing: if you give a little bit of a reason, a little bit of a jumping off point, then perhaps. We'll give you some tickets to see Metallica twice, two different sets, two different openers, two different days, two days apart in Edmonton. It's going to be sweet. It's next year. It's great. It's Metallica. It's two Come years. On. Well, it's 2024. It's in 2024. <laughs> it's a ways away, but you got to get them early. You got to get through one more summer. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, we're going to give those away next. So send in your text, 960-960. What do you miss from the 90s? Or uh, con- uh, conversationally, is there something that has stuck around since the 90s that can beat it? I got a couple of those as well for myself personally. Okay. We see a few on the text line. I'll take either. I'll take either. And then at the end, we'll, we'll arbitrarily decide who gets the tickets. It's going to be great. Take a break and do that next. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, yeah. Giving away some Metallica tickets. Better believe it. This show is um, pretty cool. It's going to be a little ways from now, but here's the deal. Metallica is doing their M72 World Tour, and they're doing a a no-repeat weekend. Two nights, two different sets, two different opening acts in the round at the 50-yard line up at Commonwealth Stadium. This is going to go August 23rd, 2024, and August 25th, 2024. The first night, oh, just Pantera opening. Yeah, and Wolfgang Van Halen. That's Eddie's kid. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Mammoth? Marmoth? Mammoth? Mammoth WVH. That's uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. That's him? It's that a, Mammoth? It's a one-man. He does. He plays all the all the instruments. What? He has a touring lineup with him. But if you go listen to it, he plays all the instruments. That's the one thing that Eddie taught him. He, he, he knows drums, he knows bass, he knows guitar. He plays all the all the stuff on his own. Wow. Yeah. But on, on tour, he's got Wolfgang a, Van Halen. He's okay. got a group. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So the more you know, we're learning stuff all the time here. Uh, and then uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills. Which is a uh, actually a they, they take their influence from horror movies. Oh. Yes. Okay. I was thinking that there might be a Nine Inch Nails reference or tie in there. That they, was they my thought. They wear suits. They all wear suits. Oh. And all their songs are usually based off of horror movies. Did you know all these guys before this stuff I, came I, out? I, I, I obviously know what Pantera and, fa- and Five Figure Death Punch are. but And I, Metallica? You knew about I, I think you, I know a little bit about them. You've heard about them before? Yeah, I've okay. seen the guys. They're up and coming. You've seen them? I've seen them, I've seen them a few times. Couple, cool. Up and coming group. You know. <laughs> 
Uh, but Ice Nine Kills. Just in a little bar, a little, a little dive bar, bar or yeah, something. Exactly. Whiskey <laughs> Go-Go down in L.A. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I know. Ice Nine Kills. Uh, they, all their songs are influenced by horror music. Sweet. Horror movies. Sorry. Yeah, so it's a Commonwealth Stadium, not Commonwealth the bar here in Calgary. No, it couldn't fit different. everybody in there, I no. don't think. <laughs> but, well, yeah, no, that won't work. Um, but here's the deal. We're going to give our winner a pair of tickets to both shows. It's a no-repeat weekend setup with different openers and different set lists each mm-hmm. night. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to both shows every day this week. Yes. Big every show as well as included. Day or not big week. show. We're the big show, but Flames Talk, they also are going to do their own as yes. well. So yes. You can also listen in the afternoon and have your chance to win, but we're also doing it. Which we very much uh, do like to have. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. And we've been asking you to fire in your text, 960-960, um, to tell us what do you miss the most from the 90s. It was 90s night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on mm-hmm. Saturdays. They welcomed the Arizona Coyotes. They were rocking the pedestal jersey. Metallica, you know, they started releasing music in the 80s and continued mm-hmm. throughout. But three albums during the 90s, so... Their biggest album came out in 1991. There you go. Maybe Perfect. not their best album, but their biggest album. Yeah, listen, we don't need to get into the don't debate about which, yeah, which yeah. Metallica album is better because I won't have very much of an opinion on it. Right. But nevertheless, <laughs> uh, I, I like some of their songs, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what's from which album and all that type of jazz. It's not my thing. But we've got some great texts. We've been getting them yeah. all day long. And I want you to keep sending them in because we're going to pick a winner in the break. We're going to let you know uh, just after 8 o'clock who has won. So 960-960, what do you miss from the 90s? There's some doozies in here. Like ones. I really like this one. Um, this one came in a little bit earlier on. Wouldn't it be awesome to have prizes back in our cereal boxes? Now, as someone who occasionally likes to get a, a box of... Um, a kid's cereal. Frosted Flakes. Okay. Maybe a little uh, Lucky Charms in my loops. life. Uh, fruit... Oh, I can... I can mess around with a little Fruit Loops every I mean, once I in a while. I still eat Lucky Charms to this day. So. You know, and I kind of li- I like the like the cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Um, they got all the different flavors these days. I don't um, want to eat mueslicks, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna listen. Eat- I'll eat mueslicks. Damn it! When I am ready, <laughs> when I'm Charles in his rocking chair yelling, "Get off my!" That's when I'm gonna be eating mucinex, mueslicks, and whatever it's called. Bran, all bran. Yeah, all bran. Oatmeal. <laughs> Until then, I'm going to eat sugary sweets and have my teeth Damn fall right. out like my mom said they would. Um, but yeah, he misses uh, the prizes in the cereal because as a kid, you would watch cartoons and don't get me started on 90s cartoons, golden era. <laughs> um, but then you'd open that box of cereal in the morning. Maybe you got like a sweet sugary cereal because it's the weekend. Yeah. So maybe it's your, that's how you start your Saturday yeah. with some, some cartoons and a little bit of maybe the Lucky Charms. And you pull out this toy that you don't know what it's a reference to or what it's for. Maybe it's like a game. Like maybe it was one of those like, you know, the the stick with the ball on the rope. Ball and cup. The ball and cup. Maybe you get one of those. But those were better times. Those were good. Shout out Brennan and Crossfield for firing that one in. That was a good one. That was good. Uh, we also had uh, this one. And th- this one I can relate to. Uh, Alex misses uh, waiting for a new NHL EA game to come out and seeing what changes were actually going to come <laughs> as it was a complete mystery. I feel like the changes were more significant back then and learning how to exploit the rules to own friends was the absolute best. And I would argue that yeah. nowadays there's still like different rules. Like every game feels like you got different type of hack moves that you can use to score goals. But it does feel like it's just a replaying of the 80 or $90 game that was from 2021. The other thing, too, is that you would act 
<laughs> nice. The other thing, too, is that you would actually get to use the new rosters. Because nowadays, the rosters update during oh, season yeah, because everything's connected the to the internet and all that jazz. I, I remember I had to, like, if I had, like, let's say this was, I had NHL 98, but I'm playing it in, like, 2000 or 2001. I'm <laughs> or I'm playing it in 2022. Exactly. <laughs> I'm spending hours changing the lineups to get the proper, yeah. doing my own roster up. And that was a lot more work on those old games. Like, it, on NHL 04, because there's no upgrade, you have to go and trade for Kiprasov. Because he's mm. not on the Flames opening roster because he didn't start the season in 0304. You have to go trade him with San Jose. And he's like a 59 overall. Really? So yeah, he's a 59 overall. Because yeah. he's, he's, he's a third stringer in yeah, San Jose. Yeah, in San Jose. Right? And then, so mm-hmm. it's like so it's like you have to trade him for like that. And I was like, oh, it's a 59 overall starter. So I guess it's kind of like a little rough like that. Because Roman Turek, I think, is like a 70 some overall guy, obviously. Yeah. Well, a little low for Turek, don't you think? Well, Turek, yeah. Actually, I, no, I don't feel that way at all. <laughs> Not his best years. Um, but uh, that's a good one. I do miss when the EA games are constantly changing. You'd, and you know what you also have to, mm. you had to do back then? You had to go line up at a store. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the crack of midnight or whatever it was. And they would actually have the midnight release. You'd have to wait up all night. I remember doing that for the Halo games. I did that 11 years ago. It was the last time I stayed in line for a game. What game was it? Skyrim. Oh, like the first one? Yeah. You knew it was going to be a, that good? It was Obli- Oblivion's obviously the Elder Scrolls, and then it was Skyrim yeah. was, their, was their next one. Yeah, but that was the last time oh. I, I, met, I waited in line. And like they have a whole bunch of copies. You're never going to not miss out on one because you pre-ordered. Yeah, sure. Um, Nintendo 64, getting a throw in here. Mm-hmm. I still have an N64. I paid yep. way too much money for an N64 yep. during the pandemic. Yep. And still How about play a PS2 it? during the pandemic. Really? Yeah. What do you play on your PS2? Uh, NHL 04, MVP <laughs> Baseball 05, yeah. uh, NASCAR Thunder 04, NCAA Football 06. There's a lot of sports games on that one. Uh, this is a good one. Nothing touches the 90s McDonald's menu. The combination of having a pizza option yeah. plus meals and combos for under five bucks. Those were the days from Chris in Lethbridge. The one thing that I will never forget was like the orange. I remember calling it orange juice when I ordered it, but it certainly wasn't reminiscent like of juice. Like their version of pop? Like orange pop? Yeah, it, like, it wasn't carbonated, though, because yeah. I didn't like carbonation as okay. a kid. It was essentially like tang. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like way sweeter. Hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of tasted like um, like a freezy that's not frozen, like an Ooh, orange one. Okay, You're like, okay. this is... This is probably or radioactive. Like a Slurpee that's kind of like non, yeah, uh, that's yeah, melting exactly. A bit. Yeah. yeah, but it, like a Slurpee melts and then it gets watered down. It's no yeah. bueno. Okay. This was a little bit different, okay. and it was wicked sweet, and you'd always be so fired up after to go and cause some <laughs> havoc with your buds. I'm gonna go into that play place. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Nice, well done. Uh, what else do we have here? <laughs> so I also brought this up. Um, what should we have left in the 90s? Mm-hmm. And uh, I like a lot of people texting in social media and... Uh, um, no cell phones? Yeah, no cell phones. I don't know how to word it so that it actually fits the question, but essentially... But no smartphones. You didn't have smartphones. Because there were cell phones. Whenever you meant yeah. to... Yeah, basically you didn't have a, a supercomputer in the palm of your hand, yeah. so anytime that your friend was remotely... Boring you, you could just look into this little black yeah, void in, in your, in your palm. Internet, yeah, and just oh. essentially ruin a fun outing. Now, uh-huh. granted, I'm very bad for this myself, but I kind of despise these things. And social media. Yeah. I hate social media. I use it because I need to. Mm-hmm. Other things that uh, we've missed from the night. Going, f- oh, this one. 
right in the teeth. I miss going to Friday night to our local oh, video store. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trevor used to go to Gold's and rent two movies in a video game oh. for the whole weekend and smash a whole game in a weekend and then rent a different one every week. Totally agree. We yeah. would do that. Uh, ours was uh, ours was the Rogers. Don't mind saying it because that's the company. Yeah, we I was a Rogers. Ours too. was the yep. Rogers video. Yep. Uh, that was in Signal Hill. Okay. Uh, by okay. the co-op there. Yes. Go there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. That was our spot. Um, you always had to get there earlier. All the good movies would be gone. And the the games, new films too. they'd be gone. And the games too. I remember once renting an N sixty four for one of my birthdays. That was yeah, uh, that's yeah, an yeah, iconic yeah. moment for me. And then the next Christmas, we actually got to buy the N sixty four because my parents were like, "Okay, yeah, I, they actually love like this." And Pokemon Stadium tournament oh, with the N sixty four hit me right in the uh. feels, Patty Dumas. <laughs> Getting uh, who would you go? Obviously, you'd go the big three. Well, then you you get you could take your version, like you say, you have like uh, like yellow or blue or whatever you put You're it playing in the on game your game pack. boy you bring your guys into the stadium slam it into the uh, n64 controller there. you had there. to get the whack adapters and everything yeah. needed a memory card <laughs> expansion pack uh we also have a few of these i miss the electric avenue bar scene in the 90s i don't know what that was like but i've heard great things 11th ave used to be 17th ave electric avenue uh yeah first street was known for uh, a lot of the spots and mm. the haunts that were there and and now it, i really do love uh Really do love going to First Street. There's a bunch of great spots that are... Uh, yeah, Coconut Joe's, I think, Southwest. is now a daycare. Coconut. I'm pretty sure. It's a daycare <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. It's right across on... Uh, I think it's right across from, like, Regrub, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, a daycare. Okay, yeah. yeah that's That sounds about right. Yeah, and that used to be where Coconut Joe's used to be. Three Cheers, Fox, and Furkin would have been some other names that we're getting... Uh, Thrown in there. Oh, yeah. The Rogers video in Varsity had the saloon doors for the adult <laughs> section. Gross. Why is that going back there? Because yeah. is, is that where they keep the Westerns? <laughs> yeah, I saw this really good Clint Eastwood. Dad, Silverado's right here. Where are you going in there for? <laughs> Gross. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I miss getting a pack of darts and a lighter for under five bucks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. Uh, one of the, okay, here's what I love from the 90s. Uh, Pulp Fiction came out. Mm-hmm. We already. I didn't watch it when I was in when I was you know seven in the year of two thousand. <laughs> but out. eventually came around to finding it and an excellent nineties movie. And the movie I said earlier when we were starting the show, mm-hmm. uh, the movie I can never turn off. The N sixty four was another one. I literally just finished rewatching Seinfeld like two weeks ago. Yeah, starting right from the beginning and watched the whole thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a bunch of great bands that I still listen to all the time. Blink one eighty two, Weezer. Chili Peppers, everything started to kind of come together, mm-hmm. and great cartoons in the 90s. They were the best. Yeah. It wasn't the Looney Tunes era. It was a little different, but they were good. I remember uh, going over to my grandparents' place and watching YTV mm-hmm. or Teletoon. Mine was, was always a little treat. Yeah, mine was going to friends' house and watching uh, the old you know, Attitude Era pay-per-views. Getting in at the end there, like sure, the back end of '99, early 2000s, we'd go over to the guy that had. Oh, this guy's got the pre- he's got the nice cable. <laughs> They're gonna be the one. They got the rich family. They're gonna yeah. spend the fifty bucks. Dad, a, a dad, dad isn't laughing at me for asking to buy the pay per view over <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly. So yeah, that was that was fun. That takes me back to and yeah, jeez, good those times. were some good times. Um, we're gonna pick a winner in just a moment here. Oh, there's so many. I, I don't want to pick like. There's a lot of good ones. It's going to be tough to choose. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick our favorites, and then we're going to put them in a big hat or something, 
a little pulling out because you've chosen too many. There's too many nominees that are right at the top of the bracket. Uh, we can't just arbitrarily pick one. So we'll we'll pick some of our favorites and uh, we'll let you know after the break who is our winner. But we got a jam-packed hour three coming up for you too. Tommy Wielden Jr. is going to join us. Yes. Talk a little bit about the uh, the World Cup as uh, getting ready for their next set of round of 16s here, Japan and Croatia. And then uh, at noon, Brazil and South Korea. We could get a massive rivalry game in the quarterfinals between Korea and Japan. That would be a massive rivalry game. But that would be two huge upsets if they both advance, right? I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan's probably got a little bit better chance here moving on uh, over Korea for sure. But uh, you know, Japan's—they're a feisty group. They don't—they—they they, they take first half meticulous. Off. They're very meticulous. They take first halves off, so second halves are their their thing. So we'll see. And I think here in Canada, I think we all want to want to see Croatia get, you know, kicked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we we know what uh, what their fans did to Boreon and everything. Yep. So yeah, so uh, I'm here for Japan. Let's go. All right, sounds mm-hmm. good. We'll take a break around the corner. We'll ask Tommy what he thinks too. Sports at nine sixty. The fan.